What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I am your host, here to lead you through this lawless and vast land of comic book TV. I'm a firm believer in the buddy system, though, so here with me, as always, is my good friend, Ryan. <coughs> oh. Sorry. I'm, I'm good. I'm so- I apologize. I'm good. You sounded very healthy there, Ryan. Thank you. I'm sure you're going to last for this whole episode, but just in case you don't, I brought along another friend here with me is a Mike. Thank you. It's good to be invited here just in case Ryan dies. Yeah. Hold on. I should be more offended. Okay. She, she, what she's saying is that like, if I die, it's no big deal. I still have Mike. The show will go it's on. It's fine. Yes. That's why we have three. I thought that was a well-known thing. Out of the three of us, the smart money is this kills Ryan, right? Oh, for sure. I don't think so. Based on uh, how good I am at riding motorcycles, standing on top of them while I'm riding them, and then jumping through uh, hula hoops lit on fire, I feel like that I can face off against COVID-19. That is virus's biggest fear, is evil Knievel-type antics. I heard that um, if you have blood O-type, you can't get it. So, you know, we're invincible, you guys. Do whatever we want. No, it's super not true. (laughs) We're less likely. We can still get it, but... Are you O? I'm O. the O club? Yeah. Nice. Do you guys happen to know uh, what type of blood I have? AB. Really? AB positive. Oh, He's positive. Oh, you're asking us. You're not saying, do we know? You're saying, <laughs> no. I need this for my medical record. <laughs> I need someone to keep track of this kind of shit for me, and you guys have not been keeping track, and so you have no idea what blood type I have. I'm just Not yet. I'm just stoked that uh, Mike's answer wasn't sneak- like country gravy. That's what I thought he was going to say. <laughs> You did set us up perfectly for it, and we just really tried to help you, Ryan. We do want you to live, in case you were questioning. No, yeah, I'm getting that. Like, you would prefer me to live, but if I don't, show goes on. It's totally fine. No worries. Well, you guys, for the main event this week, we are digging into the finale of I Am Not Okay With This. And I know the last time we talked about it, the board had some memos, and they, like, came back for comments for you guys. And it seemed to be all positive for me. So I just wanted to give you guys a quick little chance. Like, do you have any comments? Like, I've gone through a full season with you guys. So I don't, I doubt there's any comments you guys have. But in this so time the board of me, was the board was all positive for you. But now we have the chance to be negative. Yeah, I felt like it was only fair. If you, you don't have to be negative. I don't know if there is anything negative to say. But just in case, I want to give you guys this platform in these trying times. And you want to do this on, on air. air. Let's, want to do this no, let's we do this. We, we're doing it, baby. The fans deserve to know. Yeah. Okay, I can think of a time where I said something that was so absurdly poignant uh, and like introspective about the show that I should have been driven right to Roger's um, quote book headquarters. And so my thing that I said could be put in the book for next year's copy. And instead of, uh, Cassie, you saying your normal thing of, uh-huh, <laughs> you were like, uh-huh. And I feel like your little noise there could have been more supportive, seen as like I'm about to be in a book. Mm, uh-huh. Mike, what do you got? Anything? Uh, I think it's it's only when you talk about this show, for some reason, there's a general like funk. Like you can see the cartoon green stink yeah. lines. And even though we're all remote now, you it's still, still see it. starting to waft through the mic somehow. <laughs> well, that's I just don't shower and during this. That. Oh, fix that. Is that like a like in my soul thing or is it just a shower? Because I haven't done either. I'm not soul searching and I'm also not showering. Double down. Come to Jesus in the shower. Okay, cool. <laughs> While I'm having a beer shower, is that still a part of it? Can I still have a beer shower? Is there any other yeah, way? Yeah, of course. Of course not. Speaking of the green lines, uh, Cassie, as far as I know, you have never farted in your entire life. Never. But, uh, and I'm trying to protect my homie Mike here. Every time he goes to bring up a point, 
you lift one leg as if you're about to, and that just totally knocks him off his rhythm. He has no way. And you don't fart, but every time he's like, oh, this is going to be the time, and it's going to blow us away. Can can we just let him talk good about shows, please? Is that so hard? I don't know. I like to mess with him. It's just more fun to see, see him squirm. And if you talk to Cassie's like uh, close friends and relatives, uh, it turns out that she has been practicing on how to fart the word Mike for the last two months. <laughs> and th- what what is going to rock you off your chair other than her being like, Mike? <laughs> I mean, it's very impressive, but I don't want to hear it. I'm so close, you guys. Just you wait. Any moment. But also, you guys, coming up right now, we got to dig into the main event where we are talking about the finale of I Am Not Okay With This. Oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. All right, we're back for the main event, and we're talking about I Am Not Okay With This. This week, on the season finale of I Am Not Okay With This, Sid is finally okay with this and decides to embrace good vibes by making her brother pancakes, not being a dick to her mom, and going to Dino to homecoming. Meanwhile, turns out Brad stole her diary and tries to carry the dance away. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you bummed we got a season one pre-origin story, or are you more bummed it seems like the high school drama will go away in future seasons? Oh, shit. That's a really good question. Thank you. I worked um, very hard on it. Cassie, you did so good on that. Yeah, and some of us don't even deserve to be on the show with you. I'm talking about Mike. Um, meeting the smoke monster, who we did not find out is her dad, even though, right? Like, it's very That's, clearly her dad. But her face didn't say. That's what I assumed it was building up to. But when he's like, let's begin, she was just like, holy shit, dad. Like, yeah, she was just like, there was who like are you? No like, recognition, nothing. That's what I was waiting for the whole time. And it was just like, what? He still has smoke face, guys. Uh, but his voice yeah. should be the same. She didn't have any. He has smoke voice. Okay, all right. Uh, have you guys never watched TV before? Twelve packs a day. Um, but I think what we learned at the end of this episode is that uh, Stan is not the mentor. Stan could never be the mentor. And then what we had was this is only Act One of a typical hero's journey. If it felt oddly paced to you, now we know it was purposeful the entire time, and we're going to get three perfect seasons of these acts. Right, and I I love that especially because it just means we get to hang out with Luke a lot before he ends up with Obi Wan. We really get to see him moisture farm and get those power converters from the cantina. Right, you know, like uh, this is one thing that TV shows can do is say that uh, movies burn through the hero's journey way too fast. Why would we want TV to do that? You know, in a show that's not going to be case of the week, this is how they should do it. What I think is so good about the show is I completely forgot that the first two episodes start with her running down the street covered in blood right. and dress. Yeah. And we've gone on such a journey that I forgot completely. So by the like two-thirds and through this episode it was happening, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's crazy, too, because uh, as a show that came out in 2020 that takes place in 2020 uh, is just trying to be 80s as hard as it mm-hmm. could. And so once there was a nerdy, a nerdy like a uh, protagonist at the prom, I was like, "Oh, it's gonna be Carrie," forgetting, yeah, that like she's already been covered in blood. We know this to be true. Yes, and that she carried her set like it wasn't because of somebody else. I guess it was because what Brad did that she carried herself. But she definitely she's the arbiter. She made this happen, and only Stan, like his face of like, oh fuck, like <laughs> after he wakes up from being on the ground to just like a headless guy. Do you guys think, like, Brad has never been a fully dimensional character in the way Dina or Stan has been, but, like, he went full villain 
for a show that's so strong, is that kind of weak sauce? You know what my argument's going to be, right? Or like the first thing I'm going to pose is that this is clearly a show from Sydney's point of view. So the mm-hmm. mom probably said less bitchy stuff, and Brad was probably less of a jock. Uh, does Brad, even if we know that it's from Sydney's point of view, does he go into the Jock Hall of Fame? Yeah. He's so douchey and jock. Even when he tries to truce her the episode before, it's so... Still like an asshole. Manipulative, yeah. And like, I don't even know why you don't like me. And then like, w- the craziest, he, he full on calls her the D word in 2020. He he's like, goes like, every chicks make out, they get drunk, but you are... F-. And then I feel like the school would just be like, boo to you. What, like, and he starts with... The kids these days don't cotton No, that. not at all. And he starts with like that, that. That's like his whole main point. He's like, guess what? She's into girls. I'm like, nobody would care about this, first of all. I wanted to see 18 other girls be like, yes, yeah, <laughs> like, we all are. Fuck like, yeah. <laughs> But the, the teachers at the school are pussies. The other kids, like other people, would have stopped him. Okay. He's only saying mean things. And most people at the school are fine and neutral with Sid. That's what I wanted to say was like, this school is full of teachers that just like love that fucking drama for not stopping him. Like they just saw this drunk kid take a mic at prom and were like, you know what? Let's do this. If the teachers were gifts, it would be somebody like uh, grabbing popcorn out of nowhere <laughs> and just eating it and watching the drama. But yeah. That was definitely the one thing that stands out. The one thing that may keep Brad from the jock character Hall of Fame is that out of nowhere, he says, um, I like everyone loves two girls kissing at a party. But can you believe that this person is gay? Yeah. Like there's no way like even the worst bullies in 2020 wouldn't have that in their big speech about how right. we should fight this girl. The angling it that she betrayed me by kissing my girlfriend is like you could get sympathy if you didn't start out with while I was banging girl <laughs> McBender down in the basement. Weird like, politician, this guy. I think I, I do. What what I like about it, even though I think it's kind of poorly written and a little too grounded in the eighties, is he's a dumb drunk asshole. So he thinks people will be on his side, but people are kind of horrified by him to the point that they can't move. To the point. Last week, Mike, I think that you took your headphones off, and Cass and I were talking about how much I hated the writing of the bad girl. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was awful. Do you think that this guy passed that up as far as eye-rolling absurdity? No, because like throughout seven episodes, he had different kinds of moments. Uh, this just happened to be, I think, his lowest. The, the rest he had kind of nuance. And, but she was... They didn't try with her. They didn't want... like She just wants to hurt everybody and not in an interesting way. But do you think that's because we got more time with like this jock character instead of her? Maybe, but even his stock jock lines were a little newer than the shit she said to everybody. I mean, even the music he would listen to that was athletic music, it was stock jock rock. Like, what are you doing, dude? <laughs> mm-hmm. Pump it Pump up. up the jams. And he would write Technotronic on uh, like the piece of clothing that he would put on his penis. That's just a stock jock rock cock sock. What are we doing here, bro? God, they're... Give him there points. was so much. We don't do that there was so show, much work for that points. one. The runway was so long. <laughs> but I mean, speaking of the like song moments, there was a moment where I realized I still I got to reconnect with Stan each episode where I'm like I am in for this guy. But when he is at the dance and they start like he just has to stop talking mid sentence to go be like oh no hold on I need to fix this the, <laughs> the DJ is fucking up this playlist right now. <laughs> and you know what he says? My favorite part is that he's not like this DJ is only playing bad songs. Stan likes all music. He just says, this playlist is all over the place. (laughs) We need some focus. We need some organization. There's no arc or theme enough for Stan's. What I loved about that scene is it was the 
show needed Dina and Sid to have a moment, but Sid, Stan was there. But what an in-character way to make Stan go away. Yeah. A lesser show would him be like, I'm walking this way now. <laughs> like, it was so on brand in the best way. I feel like we're avoiding one particular topic real quick that uh, sort of ended the dance. Um, the way that pop culture has raised me is that shocking things will happen especially when the show or the movie is from the point of view of one specific character. And then all of a sudden we'll snap back to normal and it was only in their head. And then, (laughs) but here, um, Sid gets bullied and Sid gets angry and, uh, Brad's head fucking pops. And then I'm waiting, I'm counting like four seconds, five seconds. All right. We're sort of out of the window where this could be Sid's imagination. Guys, Brad's head fucking exploded exploded for reals. (laughs) It was a Gallagher show. So many rows of kids got like hit by his splatter. And that's why I think the high school drama is going to go away because they all were running, but she kept running. Like she implicated herself by, even though nobody would be like, I bet that girl exploded his head with her head. (laughs) And they happen to like do a thing where, and this was mostly so we could hate Brad more than we ever have. Uh, Brad knocked Stanley the fuck out. Mm -hmm. And so the one person who knows about the powers was not there to see it, you know? But yeah, that was like all I was thinking of is like, there is nothing like tying her to this. So it was just like a pure panic that started all of this. And now we now we get that whole season set up from that. But that makes sense. Like you're a teenager, you're going through stuff. I think it is traumatizing and you would run away. Even if you know logically that nobody would think it's you, you're not going to stay You did just blow a guy's head up. So yeah. Like, there's another thing too guys it's not just being implicated for a crime it's the fact that you know you're the only one that knows that you just murdered someone uh, you're right and this is wh- and even an asshole this is where the teenage stuff comes in is that we all thought about this happening to the bullies but didn't actually want it to happen Sydney thinks of it happening like we all did and it actually happens yeah I, I don't know if the show wants to do this or can do this but it is in the second season like how do you explore an accidental Columbiner like it's not somebody who made a plan who had a lot of mental and emotional issues. It's somebody who stumbled into it and then it's just like, oh, fuck. The other thing to explore is, and I don't think the show is wants to or is capable of, is uh, Sid and her dad. Her dad went to war and probably killed people he didn't want to but had to. Mm-hmm. Is that what Sid did as well? Look, man, I'm in high school and I didn't want to do this, but shit happens in war. But if she was like... Blow up your head, blow up your head, blow up your head. Then shit happened. This she was just saying, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop talking. Like it does feel like her powers are monkey's paw. Mm-hmm. It's like always like, I'll do what you it's want, but in the <laughs> shittiest way for you. Uh Cassie, I do want to talk to you about something real quick. Um in the short time you've been on the show, you've been notorious as uh someone who hates Brody from Lock and Key. And we're not sure yet if it's because of the actor, the character, or just his mm-hmm. age. And you hate all people yeah. that age. I have to ask you about Liam, uh, Sid's little mm-hmm. brother, who is about the same age as Brody. Does he boil? Does he uh, shake your soda as much as Brody does? No, I don't know if it's because he's not getting the screen time or what it is. I'm fine with this little kid. This little kid, I feel like, because he's got some, like, he's got a go-do attitude. Like, he was going to go make dinner for himself and everything. I'm fine with this little guy. This little guy, like, this guy's going to pay taxes soon, in my opinion. But Bodie isn't going to do <laughs> shit. <laughs> To have the eight-year-old, I think it's not that he's an eight-year-old who's precocious and thinks he's 40. I think he knows everything he says is funny. Yes. So when he's telling the girls to be home by eight, and they're like, it's 745, he's like, well, (laughs) then just be safe. (laughs) Like, he knows it's a joke. You can feel him thinking, they're laughing at me, 
but I did it on purpose. So it's still a good bit that I did for sure. He's not trying to like get with Dina. He's trying to be like, isn't this funny that I'm, what yeah. I'm doing? He's closer to like Bobby Hill than right. some oh, perverted sure. little kid. And it's a young Stan. Yeah. Like there's definitely similarities between Stan and Liam. Like it's hard to be the funny, weird, smart kid in a town <laughs> like that. Like I don't leave. Uh, and yeah, I love this kid. This yeah, I'm all, I'm all for Such this kid. Such a big part of it, too, is bathrobe. Bathrobes are really hard to pull off, but when you can, you should. And he felt like he was one second away from pulling out like a bubble pipe and just uh, smoking a little bit and having bubbles come Oh, out. man, next season they have to. I need that. But there was like... So one moment that they did do that's in a lot of like TV drama shows with Stan where he finally like straight up just admits to Sid that like, yes, I have feelings for you. You, you have to know this. Like that scene I felt like was just like, so well done yet so heartbreaking to watch him like he was like you know what i'm already down low but i am going to let this be known i like have to say it to you and man think about like stan is clearly not the main character right like it's not a two-hander we have one main character stan is supporting but back to back to back in this episode we watched stan with his dad Mm -hmm. oh that was so good we watched stan with what he thought was a normal date and then we watched stan find out for sure from Sid that like they are just friends and I bet Stan sort of knows why right like that she's just not into not just Stan but like people like Stan that is a one two three punch for Stan's day you know and I felt every single moment of it Mm -hmm. and the kid like I I think part of why the the bender girl was so bad was not just the writing was bad she did nothing with it but I think the kid who plays Stan is so good his like He's dressed up, ready to go. His conversation with his dad, and his dad's talking about how bragging his, his picture's still in the auditorium. Stands the amount of emotion that's in. How's that working out for you? It's defiant, but afraid, but also like I'm done with all of this. Like I'm ready for you to beat the shit out of me. He pot a lot. So much went into that. One that's what sentence. that scene was like. I mean, so intense, and that was such a brief moment. So I don't know, like when, if, and when they do finally dig into like that whole thing. Like I feel like it's going to be so intense because just that one brief moment, I was like, oh damn, you guys are really hitting this. What it reminded me of was like a uh, old school Western duel in the street. Like, don't watch their actions, just watch their eyes. And like, you can just disregard what their hands and mouth are doing. But their eyes were like backing them up or betraying those two characters the entire time. A lot of shit they believed in, a lot of shit they didn't. But like, man, there's so much there to dig into, and they're not going to do it tonight. It's all about fronting and lying and uh, pushing off to the future and ignoring. So, I mean, like, overall, you guys feel like, like, we've always loved this show, but do you feel like it was, like, a satisfying season finale that led up to, like, I feel like it led up to so much more that you can only be excited for the next season? I think it was sort of satisfying in its lack of satisfaction like the the head explosion was way more than i thought there would be <laughs> yep and then uh her saying her meeting her smoke monster at the end and saying let's get ready to go let's we're not going to solve anything we're only going to you know prepare for the future that is the most unsatisfying thing that can happen and it was great you know so i liked both ways of that yeah and it, it's fully embracing modern television of like yeah fuck any sort of case of the week we are just telling one long story but having so many important character moments on the way there i i even if we don't get high school drama i think they're gonna do right by all these characters yes and i think before like people listen to the show and then start making more netflix shows i want to be very clear in saying that because sid the actress who played sid and stan and to a lesser extent liam and dina were cast is why this show works this does not work with the the actors who were on that shit mike what's that show with 
post-apocalyptic Matthew Broderick skateboarder. Oh, Daybreakers. That, this does not work with no, that, those this actors. Is dog you know, shit with Daybreakers. It's because of these characters being able to do extra stuff that the script is not asking them. I bet the script said Sid oh, dances, man. but what <laughs> that girl chose to do it, it was amazing. It's all these little character moments. You know so much about her there. Yeah, it's beautiful. So I feel like we're all definitely in for this next season. Um, that's all the time we have to talk about it, you guys. But. I am not okay with this is on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, watch it all so we can talk with you guys next season. Next up, we're going to go into a, take a break from comic book TV and go to our bullpen. All right, everyone. Welcome back. We are here for the bullpen. This week, we are going to dig into a spring movie fantasy league draft. So, Ryan, what do we got going on for this? Guys, we were uh, supposed to like every month or so update everyone on how our teams are doing. And I feel like this might be the last segment for a while. Um, a cu- Why? What's that, Ryan? Like a month ago, I texted you guys uh, and said that my Bond movie, which was going to be like the tentpole of my team, had got postponed. And I thought that I was going to lose because of that. Not knowing that this is going to happen to all of our movies the entire time. <laughs> the entirety of movies. Um, I have... Sonic the Hedgehog did okay for me, but Peter Rabbit 2, No Time to Die, and Mulan has been postponed. Trolls 2 has not yet, but I think it probably will. Uh, They're still on their world tour? And then I have, I drafted with my own mouth, my own brain, I drafted I Still Believe and The Hunt, which came out just before (laughs) everything shut down. That gives me a total of $181 million, and I think I'm shutting it down there. That's going to be my final total. Mike Onward came out. Before everything got shut down, that was your number one pick. Mm-hmm. But then Quiet Place 2 got shut down. New Mutants got shut down. Bloodshot might as well have been shut down. Secret Guarded, Antebellum, Bad Trip. You ended with 133, which is mostly from Invisible Man, not from your fourth round pick, not from Onward. Wow. Cassie, however. Mm-hmm. With the, oh, did she Cassie this? Did she <laughs> with the help of our, uh, believe it or not, co-host uh, Taylor, who actually made some good decisions, decided to go with Birds of Prey and Bad Boys for Life, who did their entire theatrical run outside of the quarantine. <laughs> also Doolittle, also Call of the Wild, also Underwater, also Gretel and Hansel. Cassie finishes with $402 million, twice Woo! as much oh, as man. me and Mike put together. Oh, man. It- good. Job. Thank you. It feels good. This isn't a victory that I could take just by myself. A lot of it was Taylor with his bad boys pick. I feel that one really brought it home for us, and I'm proud of Taylor for that. Should we call him right now? I know he's like on his deathbed, but we should probably put him on speaker and let him know, right? This, let him know that he finally won this. He's going to be so proud. As far as I know, Taylor has gone full Howard Hughes in this situation, um, but did we have? Taylor hates how bad he is at this, and nobody's ever been worse at any of these games that we play. <laughs> is it okay to start thinking that maybe Taylor started COVID-19 in order to finally get a victory? I think so. He, he is patient zero. He went to his lab. That's, he peed in so many jars until a new virus, and then he flew to China just to get the, the stink off of him, so nobody would suspect. <laughs> hey, Taylor, what did you do yesterday? I peed in so many jars. <laughs> Big jars, little jars, mason jars, jelly jars. I know that we're supposed to be thinking about other more serious things, but do you guys think that this might lead to the actual death of theatrically released movies? Are we in the death throes? Because people like people are upgrading their house systems. Uh, so many movies are jumping to VOD quickly, either that just came out or they're, they're scrambling for that. Yeah, I, I think it could, but like, 
it could also really make the movie theaters. You only go to great theaters. There's no middle of the road. This theater is fine. I think it's you watch it at home or you go to a fucking mega like uh, waterbed couch. They're serving you everything. They're feeding you grapes like you're Augustus <laughs> Caesar. Uh, <laughs> I do not want a waterbed couch with a whole bunch of strangers. I do not want this experience. No? Also, I don't want to be fed grapes. I have a very specific grape thing where I need to roll it around a little bit, see if it's brown, see if it's squishy. And then it takes a lot for me to put a grape in my mouth. I don't want to just reach up my mouth and grab the first one I take. That is aggressive. I, I've never liked it. I'm never pro feeding somebody grapes. Just grapes, but everything else is fine. Yeah, feed me oh, yeah. a burger. T-bone steak. <laughs> Jam that shit in there. Yeah, it's not... You don't cut it up for me. I'm not a baby. Give me all of it at once. <laughs> I'll typically... Uh, if somebody's laying down, I'll put a funnel, funnel in their mouth and then empty out an entire cornucopia. Because that's fruit, that's corn, that's meat. You don't know what's in there. That's just a funnel I, to another funnel. <laughs> yeah. I do the same technique, but it's just trick cereal, so it's all the fruit for them, too. And just easier to digest. I'm you really looking out get, for people. It gives you all your fruit. Yeah. Uh, and then throw in there one unpeeled banana. Just yeah. to, like, really make it hard for them. Um, Mike, you had on your team Onward and Invisible Man, mm-hmm. who tried to do their best in theaters, but then, after they had a couple weeks, uh, are now being released to home video, right? Yes. Cassie, you had The Lovebirds, which they're just saying right now, no, we're, we're going to do it on Netflix. Netflix went out mm-hmm. and bought it, probably at a fucking really cheap price, yeah. and so with no theatrical run whatsoever, we're going to get The Lovebirds soon. Nice. I feel like that's typically going to be the way that things go from now on. Unless you're like giant Marvel movies or Star Wars, yes, I don't. I don't hate that because, like, do I need to go into a movie theater to really soak in the Phantom Thread, or is it better to not have a bunch of people saying "What did he say to her?" <laughs> or on their phones? Uh, but I'll pers- I feel like I'll be a little bummed because that's what's like what I love about like movie premieres is you get like just the most enthusiastic people there, like all living in this moment together. So like it'll be a bummer if that goes away. But like your day to day, like midweek, just seeing a movie and just like the kids yelling and stuff. Yeah, I can do without that. But like I I'm going to miss premieres if it does happen. But we're still going to get our Avengers and Star Wars. I'm talking about like they're going to or I think they released a couple days ago. Emma, period. Mm-hmm. With uh. What's her name from The Witch and New Mutants? Yes. Playing Emma from Jane Austen. And that barely had a run in theaters. That's the kind of movie that like I do like seeing. I do like going to premieres. And I think we may never see in a theater again after all this. It's wild times. This is definitely the most destructive thing COVID-19 has done to us. The other thing too, guys, if I can talk to you uh, candidly, and nobody listens to this, right? At least not wives I have. I don't think oh, yeah. so. Definitely not. Uh, last night we rented, we paid the 20 bucks for The Invisible Man and we watched it and it was awesome, but she was on her fucking phone the whole time. And I like, I want people to do whatever they want, whenever they want, and it should not bother me. But if we were in a movie theater, that wouldn't have happened. Right. She did not have the experience that she could have had. And her own, her own decision, but she didn't. You could be a crazy person like me where I said no screens after 930 and my wife went, okay, I guess. Like... <laughs> Just be a dictator about some things, and they get to be a dictator about some things, whoever the person you're like making deals with, but I, I think that's Wait, okay. what did she ask for in return? Uh, that she gets to wake up at four in the morning and slap me in the face. <laughs> Fair trade. Was I'm it so- worth it? Yeah, I was like, I hate, yeah, I was like, we need to get ready for bed so much that, sure, if this is what you need. <laughs> I think we just got to create the movie experience. Like I'll, I'll film like the like pre movie, like whole lecture of like stay off your phones and everything for you guys to play before each and every movie you guys watch. And that's a service I'll provide for you guys. And then Mike, you can release a track of just an annoying voice saying, what did he say? say? 
play that throughout while you're watching the movie. <laughs> Spill a whole box of like jelly beans. Oh, oh, shit. <laughs> um, I'm going to miss the sticky floors, but my dog has this thing where she only barfs stick. Like, it's not even like uh, something you can pick up. It's just stickiness mm-hmm. that she throws up. So it's on my floors anyway. That'll be fine. Good. So you still just get to, when you a boring part of the movie, instead of looking at your phone, you just like lift your feet up and down. And yeah, and I can hear my foot coming off the ground. <laughs> I am going to miss that. The other thing, too, is that we don't buy candy, right? Do you guys buy candy at the grocery oh. store when you're shopping? Uh, yes. Oh, no. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm sorry. To adults here. On the, way, on the way to the movies, I do. What? You guys just don't, like, you don't, you can resist the little candy right by the checkout stand? Yes. Well, I guess, I can, okay, cool. Because that is the best candy. 80% of my cart is all that. I get just. So you walk around the grocery store for an hour. Your cart is empty the whole time until the end. You're just like candy. one jar of mayonnaise. <laughs> no, I get bread. The essentials: bread, peanut butter, and then just a whole bunch of candy. And that That's is a disgusting sandwich. My body is a temple. <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I might be done with candy if I'm not going to theaters anymore. That's not the. I mean, like she pointed out, we're adults and not just in the we're responsible ways, but in our bodies can't bounce back anymore. So maybe we should <laughs> fight off candy. Okay, so that's not a bad part about movie theaters going away. Yeah, we'll you, be healthy. It's the I, I drink ch- uh, the biggest cherry cola I can find every time I go to a movie theater. And when you go to a movie once a year, that's fine. But I really ranked up how many times I was going to the movie because I need that soda kick. <laughs> now you guys are just switching to like raisin bran and stuff. Mm-hmm. As candy, candy, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. candy. <laughs> can we all admit that uh, although Cassie won with Bad Boys for Life and uh, Birds of Prey? A notorious flop. And Mike, you had Onward and what was your other big one? Invisible Man. Invisible Man. That I, with Sonic, and then everything got canceled. I also had Bond and Mulan and Trolls 2 coming that I would have fucking decimated this league. Right? We can all agree on that. Yes. We we can't make predictions. I don't know. We just make guesses. There's no way for us to know. We cannot say. But you guys are being real assholes right now. Real dick bags. (laughs) I mean, who... I don't know. It, if Disney Plus decides to just release Mulan, what happens to that movie? Like in the like grand scheme of time, will it always be known as the movie that like came out during the virus? Should they just wait on it? Uh, I mean, none of their live action remakes have done well, so no matter what, it's doomed to be forgotten. Well, they've done well financially, right? I mean, not critically, but historically in memory. So maybe like maybe this is what it needs because people will be like, oh shit, let's watch it, and people are gonna be like, it's great. That that is a good point though. They're so uh, unmemorable that like in the Disney offices, they're like, oh, let's do Dumbo. Nope, that was like <laughs> that was eighteen months ago, bro. We can't do that shit again. I think it'll just forever be known as the Mulan that they don't sing in. So that's just gonna be its reputation no matter what happens to it. Yeah, no matter what disease it was released. Yeah, that's during, that's what it's we gonna be outshone with. There was no song, so why watch it? And no Eddie Murphy. What, what's even the point? They should have just brought him back. Just put him in some makeup. Cassie, do you think we should go and talk about TV shows, or do you want me to ask like six more questions? No, about I think movies? it's. I think we can switch over to TV shows. Fine. All right, all right. Well, R.I.P. to movies, you guys. That has been the bullpen. <laughs> now we're gonna go to our poll list. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're here in the poll list where we're going to go through all the other TV shows we watched this week. Starting it off is Katie Keene. On this week's episode of Katie Keene, it's a musical episode, and it's hello. all ha- hello, and it's all happening because Jorge is performing "Kiss of the Spider Woman," and that's the only excuse we need. The episode has songs and drama. 
As Katie is struggling with her guilt and doing everything she can to get out of making the princess's dress, Jorge gets told that he will not be allowed to perform as Ginger in the show, and instead, the part is going to Josie. But he wants his dad to meet Ginger, so he's going to perform anyhow. Pepper is making money moves and trying to make sure that the show goes on while also funding the pepper plant on the side. So, Taste Buds, I ask you this. Do you regret watching it? Hell no. Yes, Ryan. I do not. Yes. I I did not know that uh, the creators of this show and Robert Aguirre Sacasa, am I doing that right? Yes. Um, who created Riverdale and is like in charge of basically all of Archie Comics right now, just matter-of-factly said, well, if Riverdale has a musical episode every season, we're going to tell no one and explain none of this. It's just obviously Katie Keene does too. Yeah, does, so this guy must just love musicals, but like they can't afford real ones or big ones or... Hold up there, bud. I don't know if you want to insult this musical. Just because you haven't heard of it, just because it's not Little Shop of Horrors, just because Rick Moranis didn't star in this doesn't make it a not real musical. I think this is very... I think it's uh, more inside Broadway. Like mm. I think, And I think it's, it's very important to the uh, Latinx community. Gotcha. Well, I, I apologize to them. So, Mike, you were not a fan of this at all? Uh, it's still like... It's still Katie Keene, you feel? Mm-hmm. Like, it's still boring characters who can Great, barely fantastic. barely uh, doing anything emotionally that makes sense. Uh, what's with RAS, and more than musicals, uh, evil doubles? Because Katie, at a certain point, starts seeing her Spider-Woman. And he, he just loved, with, with Dark Betty and now with this, he just loves the idea of everybody has a dark version of themselves. And then not doing much with it. Okay, well, the second thing is uh, rude and wrong. But the first thing, I think it's, it's, it's hard to just write these bubbly, pleasant girls, these mm-hmm. leading you know, roles. And I think that it's so much easier to have male antiheroes. But when you go to female, then you have to have like some other character is doing things, you know? Right. Also, he just cares about aesthetic and flair, and he's got a flair for the dramatic, and I respect it. I, yeah, I mean, like, I can definitely see how this guy is becoming the Ryan Murphy of Archie Comics, something that we didn't know we wanted or needed, but we absolutely wanted and needed. <laughs> so, Ryan, you, you were fine with the excuse of just, like, it's like Jorge has a musical, and now everybody sings. This is 100%, like, that's, yeah. that's way more of a reason than Riverdale usually does. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of how many musical moments were, like, uh, what's that word? Uh, diegetic non- yeah and uh katie keen and the the one guy and then jorge and like l- let's go to the mall and oh, get dressed francois that was fucking great it was that was spectacular that one was good the, the one that i found bo- pepper and oh, no. random friend no you don't huh no you don't right was just it was boring what? and that might be is mostly pepper is untalented what? but it was not a great song and the set pieces if you're gonna go musical and you're already breaking like the creative real space uh fully do it and do cool set pieces and stuff they were just badly dancing sort of amongst tables instead of doing anything cool okay. with the choreography okay the pepper plant is in production okay if they would have got a whole bunch of set pieces it wouldn't have made sense first of all my bitch was in there in those power flare pants do you you respect nothing about those power flare pants and then also she was the only one who had the backup dancers just two attractive contractors picking her up and spinning her around that performance was fantastic Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Pepper, but uh, I'm going to be less harsh than Mike, so Cassie only remembers that Mike is awful and not me. Um, One, she was okay in this episode, but she was like, let's milk them full. Let's milk them both for money, and then we'll keep half of it. Ha, 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 ha. And that's like, how are we supposed to root for this person who just has old school, like, the producer's Broadway heist plans? And two, 
what the motherfuck is this accent? Is she from London or is she from a Catherine Hepburn movie in the third? Like, this is transatlantic that she's doing somehow. Is she a 50-year-old, 17-year-old, or a 17-year-old, 50-year-old? I have no idea. What stage of Benjamin Buttoning (laughs) is she currently? (laughs) She's just Pepper, okay? You just accept her as Pepper. And yes, we respect that move of getting double funded. She knew exactly how to play the two Cabots. But she's also, like, one of the Cafets is, like, one of her good friend's boyfriend. Like, maybe don't fuck over somebody who's they're, in your life for they're real. They're new in the relationship. You don't know if it'll last. It's okay. There's, like, this buffer period where you don't know if they'll be around. So, you know, get some money from them. I feel like Pepper has a wheel of characters that she spins to decide who she's going to fucking <laughs> high-class heist every week. <laughs> Gotta keep it... Well, the one thing that I did buy was... Uh, Jorge was pissed that the role he wanted was gone and that Josie is like, I understand what you're saying, but she's still Josie that we know and put up with that. She's kind of an attention whore as well. And she's like, I don't give a shit that you came up with this idea for everything. I am now the spider woman deal with me until he's like, I have an idea we could both do it. Like they're all kind of shitty to each other in pretty realistic ways. And I can buy that until they look at how much of the show is left. And they're like, Oh (laughs) fuck, we better figure something out. Cause we got 12 minutes. The big problem with that too, is that, and I know we talked about this before with Katie Keene and with Riverdale, is that Josie is the least talented musician, uh, the, the actress who plays her. Her voice is thin. It's not powerful. When Jorge does his uh, one-man show that everybody walks out on. Boo because that. That was the best part of the show. She and he was killing it. Yes. Like That voice was huge and awesome. And it was like, it, it was Kiss the Spider Woman, which is basically uh, two dudes in a jail trying to like uh, communicate about their different lives through this like I don't know like this genre movie that they've seen called Kiss of the Spider Woman and he was doing two of the three people amazingly mm-hmm. and then Josie comes in and she's like hey I, I kissed the spider woman how are you Josie sucks that was like that was a better performance that I thought we could get out of him because there was like that first episode of the season when we did see him perform as Ginger like it wasn't that exciting but this one I was like oh shit this kid's got something which was well, was cool to see. That's in that first one. It just seemed like he's like, I'm going to do what I think drag is. And he's young. Like the character will say he's in his 20s. So, and this is him. Like, I'm going to bring my own weirdness to it. When he was doing the one man show version, I was like, this is interesting. When people are like, it's like self-indulgent, narcissistic. I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a one man show, but at least this one is doing something interesting with a established piece. And I do think they're doing something where Jorge is sort of an immature brat. Yeah. That does not know who he's supposed to be. And Ginger is like this, mm-hmm. you know, like full of confident, fully realized character. So we're supposed to believe that, like, you know, he's more Ginger than Jorge. And I think that they did that okay. Yeah. And the, the, the stuff with the dad was crushing when he's like, my dad, my son's a star. One fuck you, your wife's right there. Our son's a star. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, he's winning his dad over. I love it. Even though this show never lets them lose. I love it. And then when his dad's like, you can take the makeup, it was crushing. Yeah. That and, and hurt. Mo- yeah. Motherfucker, we were supposed to think that that dad was going to see Ginger. And then start like throwing chairs at everyone, like ninja starring chairs everywhere. <laughs> and the dad was like, the dad stood up and applauded, and then was a passive aggressive mm-hmm. piece of shit so instead worse. of like the the like the belligerent violent asshole that we thought we were gonna get. It hurt so much more too because he had that like that season one rolling shit belly where it's just like a pillow, and I was like, they're really doing this move, huh? But yeah. <laughs> Cassie, let me ask you a question about the entire series. This show ends with Ginger on a high note, uh, walking down the street with her uh, boyfriend, and then they get accosted, which was fully uh, like, 
you know, like we knew that was going to happen. At one point, uh, Jorge's mom says, yeah, it's fine. Do whatever you want. Just do not walk down yes. the street in an alley at night or bad things will happen. Uh, totally foreshadowed. And then it happens. And then they get attacked by four dudes. And uh, Ginger's boyfriend looks like he's ready to step up. But then it cuts and it's we have to wait for next week. Is that – has Katie Keene ever been like that before? Is that tackling something a little – more serious than we've seen that's what there's like brief moments in the series where they'll like make like it's kind of more just mentions of like more serious topics like that but then it kind of it gets played through in a like a easy fast way so i don't know how they're gonna handle this one that's what i've been wondering is like how good of a job they can do with handling like these topics and everything yeah, it's pretty crazy because Katie Keene's like, I slept with a prince, yeah. now I'm making right. a wedding exactly. dress. And then he's like, no, uh, do you know how many trans people get killed? Yeah. Every year? Like, it was like a very heavy and terrifying. Katie Keene's uh, storylines are like one tick harsher than Disney princesses, mm-hmm. you know? Whatever shall I do? And then we also have this thing to deal with as well. What's, what's bold of them is to call out Pose in this episode. Uh, a show that deals with the drag community in such an impeccable, amazing, and artistic way. You, I, just It's never wise to call it a show that's very good in your kind of show, Katie Keene. Because what? Somebody says, I'll be the Billy Porter? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah uh, KO is like, oh, you, I, I love how pro Jorge KO is. And he's like, I've known him longer than any of you. Like he's, and he said the next, and everyone's like, what? He's like, what? I watch Pose. But I'm like, don't, don't remind <laughs> us that this great show is out there. It's those moments where they call it back to the real world where it kind of snaps you out. And then especially for that one, definitely. There. I do think that, too, that uh, uh, this episode of Katie Keene knew I was watching because <laughs> at the very end, uh, K.O., who has done, once again, literally nothing for an entire episode except for being, the Red Bull's good. <laughs> uh, at the end, uh, the sister, like the mean sister, says, you should be a model. And, okay, now we finally have something that K.O. could do. <laughs> besides Stand being, there. Uh, yeah, being like a fucking corpse walking around. Why didn't he move to Philly? You don't have to tell me on air. Everybody else who's been watching it knows. Why would anyone move yeah, to Philly? Nobody wants to go there. Love, they hate Santa? Exactly. Well, since you guys all watched it, uh, do you have moments a week starting with Mike? Uh, Katie's bitchy boss, who is now sort of on her side, a la Devil Wears Prada, I guess. Uh Katie, like, straight up is like, well, I slept with the prince. And her boss is, like, trying to walk her through it. And she's like, I feel guilty. And she goes, guilt. Explain that to me. And I was like, I love this woman. I, That's, I love the boss. She also does that thing of, like, that matter of fact thing of, like, almost pulling out a manual of, oh, so you've slept with your, uh, <laughs> you know, your customer's boyfriend. Here we go. Ryan, what's your moment of the week? My unmoment of the week is the shit talking on Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. When will this end, folks? They tried a thing. It didn't work. Can we please get over it? But Are my you actual you never saw it. Oh man, I want to see it so bad. Even though I would have seen three people die, <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, I hate that I haven't seen it. But my actual moment of the week is uh, in a show that I've taken six weeks off of, and none of these people mm-hmm. mean anything to me. When Ginger uh, marched down the aisle as a second Spider Woman, and then they got up there, and uh, his mom just standing up <laughs> screaming i don't care who else is in the audience i'm gonna fucking applaud as hard as i could it sort of got me like i think that their last their their big finale song they have work. some surprisingly like little touching moments that get you off guard like it shouldn't be a moment that hits as hard as it should for you but there's just these little moments in the show where you're like oh that was kind of precious and that's also i couldn't i couldn't remember why i hated pepper mm. so much she wasn't there good we, but she wasn't i bad. will take that thank you uh <laughs> my moment of the week is kind of i got like two ones that are kind of a going off of two things you guys have said. So my moment 
first moment is when uh, they do, they propose that KO becomes a model and it's the face that he makes right after that because it's the most blue steel shit I've ever seen. Like there's no response. He just does a model face. Like he's like, I'll think about it with this, this most ridiculous face. Love that moment. And then also back to Katie's boss where Katie is um, explaining the show that she's making the costumes for. And the boss just responds with, I don't speak Bohemian and just like tells her to like, keep going. I just love everything about that boss. And uh, well, if you guys want to watch Katie Keene, you should. It is on Thursdays on the CW. Next up, our next show is October Faction. In the penultimate episode of October Faction, the twins pick sides. Uh, in the Should I just start all over? Clap. All of us? Sure. And just, just okay, go so sorry. It's all good. Just a uh, pickup from description? Cool. Yeah. In the, penulti- in the penultimate episode of October Faction, the twins pick Side Monster after they find out that they are actually warlocks and that Alice is their real mother. Alice makes the two hunter parents, Dee and Fred, relive the pain that they have caused, and we see that humans are the real monsters. So, taste friends, I ask you this. Do you think humans are really worse than vampires? 100%, yes. And if you said white humans <laughs> over white vampires, I would have said that as well. But, like... How, how is this still a thing that we're doing of uh, showing humans to be more monstrous than monsters and thinking that's, like, a novel? That's why I don't know if we'll ever just get, like, a monster show from here on out without this underlying theme of, like, hey, humans suck ass. Yeah. Did you guys know that? But it's going to surprise everybody when it's just a straight-up monster show. And you're like, oh, <laughs> this is refreshing and new. Like, a show about Frankenstein, and he just throws that little girl in the water and then looks at the humans, and he's like, you would have done it too. <laughs> Shut that's up. going to be the show we talk about most if they ever do that. Uh, if you guys want to watch October Faction, it is on Netflix always. Our next show of the week is The Flash. This week on The Flash... Ava, who turns out is evil, sets Doppel Iris and Doppel Camilla to obtaining a vital piece of equipment for her in the real world. Meanwhile, a new black hole meta sunshine strikes at Mercury Labs trying to get the same piece. Barry tries to cope with a limitation on his speed, and Thawne possesses Nash, forcing Cisco and Cecile to perform an exorcism. Taste buds, I'm asking this. Over, under, and how many of our cast members end up evil versions of themselves from the mirror gun? I'm setting it at four. Over. Over. Way over. <laughs> Yeah, everybody but Barry. One hundred percent, ninety percent. Hope for this is two uh, superhero shows as having a baby is to sitcoms, or you know what? How it works in comic books, uh, the Venom costume takes over you, and now we see Venom Juggernaut and Venom Hulk and everything like that. Everybody's Venomized in in this episode. So not only do we have Doppel Iris and Doppel Camille. Uh, for a completely different reason, Nash becomes an evil version of himself when Thawne possesses him. So there's different reasons to become an evil version of yourself in this show right now. And I'm fucking here for it. It's great. As we go from uh, bad Nash back to good Nash, how do you think the show is going to cross over those Nash bridges? Just probably with a six-shooter and a cowboy hat and looking handsome the whole time. Mike, I texted both of you two this week that because of quarantine, any show that you guys watch, I will watch. Cassie texted me immediately with Katie Keene, and yet you did never at any point tell me to watch The Flash. Is that because it's way worse than you make it seem? No. Uh, I was just a bad texter, and I apologize. Ryan, watch The Flash for next week. It's on a good run right now, and I'm loving it. (laughs) Fuck no. By bad texter, you mean you went to text, and your phone went right in the toilet? Yep. (laughs) 
Uh, my moment of the week is uh, Cisco, for some reason, because Camille needs a plotline, asks her to come help exercise Thawne from Nash, and she brings a supernatural weapon. She unloads her duffel bag with garlic, steaks, holy water, and a Ouija board, and he's like, we're <laughs> scientists. What the fuck are you doing? She's like, I've never been to an exorcism before, and it's just fun and silly. Flash is on CW. All right, our next show of the week is Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dex finally gets some information on Benny's death and whether or not it was her fault. This leads to flashbacks that show us Dex and Benny for the first time. We see them meet and fall in love, and Benny is super nice and probably didn't deserve to die. Taste Buds, I ask you this. When you need to make a 37-year-old actress look 19, what do you do? Pigtails. Uh, giant, yeah, pigtails and <laughs> bubble pop. Not 12, guys, oh, right, 19. Right, right. Oh, uh, the like good Charlotte belts, like the spiky belts uh, on your neck, on your bracelets. It's on the your full belt. full hot topic look. Never. Give her two vapes, just so she's yes. ready for any situation that could come up. <laughs> she she actually went full vaporine, <laughs> and every time she had a fit, oh, three vapes came out of her. You guys, great idea! I'm writing that one down. A lot of it was makeup. In that, I don't know how to put it on. You know, like Dex, as uh, in her current world, has. TV people putting on her makeup. And this was just like uh, Homer's shotgun spray of makeup onto her face because this is how 19-year-olds are. That's astute. That's better than I would have thought for them to do. That's subtle-ish. She did pretty good. Kobe Smolders did pretty good because it was a lot of <laughs> a lot of Beavis and Butthead going on. Um, but man, guys, uh, Benny, her dead husband. Let's, let's go back to uh, I'm not okay with this and how that Sid's point of view. This better be, all these flashbacks better be from Dex's point of view because he is a fucking angel on earth. He was fucking perfect. He had the best abs and always knew the best thing to say in any given situation. So yeah, I'm going to say POV. Uh, Mike, er, Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, my moment of the week is that um, there was a little bit, not as much as I would like, but a little bit of Jake Johnson in this. And even though he did not play uh, Peter B. Parker or Nick Miller... He's still fucking in it. Like, you have to admit that he is in this show. <laughs> if there's you one thing to, to take away, he's in it. That's for sure. Where can people watch Stumptown, Ryan? Uh, Stumptown is on Wednesdays Our on ABC. Our next show of the week is The Walking Dead. Everyone is separated after Hilltop is burned and overtaken by walkers. Little Jewett, Judith is earning her apocalypse badges as she gets her first human kill and now has to become the protector of the children. While this is all happening, we're getting some big reveals as we find out that Beta may be someone we know and also find out that Negan is back as a double agent after he delivers Alpha's severed head to Carol. So, Taste Friends, I ask you this. How is someone delivering, bringing you a severed head different than when my dog brings me a dead mouse? Well, uh, it's the full mouse. True. And not just the head. If your dog brought you just <laughs> the head, that's like... It, Don't go to sleep. Your dog is yeah. out to kill you. <laughs> it's not that it's like a normal-ass dog being a dog. Your dog is evil and uh, thinks that you have enemies. And also, Cassie, sometimes yeah. Mike is your enemy. So that dog is going to wind up bringing <laughs> Mike, you Mike. this Mike's quarantine is going to work out for you. You need to stay far like away. I got shooters out here. Yeah, keep Mm-mm. Murdoch. Mm-mm. I did one time walk into the backyard after my dog uh, slept in the backyard for a night. And I found a rat that was not just killed in like a hey i'm gonna play defense on this house but in one of the most gruesome dexter-esque <laughs> torture-filled ways i have ever seen a rat just killed. Like each little limb was pinned to the cement and then got in the middle and there's like 
in the entrails, your dog carved some <laughs> runes. Yeah, there were some runes. There's always got to be runes. Uh, flowers were poked into the eyes. It was just like disgusting. the worst part of owning, owning a dog is like just the little gifts they leave you like that. But if you want, <laughs> but sometimes death. Poop, you never know which one. Death. You will get death on The Walking Dead. And if you want to watch it, it is on Sundays on the AMC. Uh, our next show is Supergirl. On this week's episode of Supergirl, Nia's roommate is attacked by a man targeting Dreamer. Dreamer refuses to give in to the man's threats and puts herself in the line of fire to stop him. Alex, John, and Kelly attempt to rescue a man stuck inside a virtual reality game. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Is it time once again to discuss the movie Disclosure? As always, please. It's been a while, right? It has been. I, I, it's been so long that I, I feel mean, like I mean, movies are dead, so we might as well talk about okay. it while we can. Cassie, have you ever seen Disclosure? It was a, a drama from 94. Okay. So, in this movie, uh, Michael Douglas accuses Demi Moore of molesting him and sexually harassing him. And so, because men are always being harassed by women in office situations. And so, he has no choice but to go find the files that prove that he was sexually harassed. So, he puts virtual reality glasses on and then goes through 1990s virtual reality in order to go through computerized file cabinets in order to find the VR files that he needs, guys. And this was in theaters starring actual people. It was 94, you know. It's probably groundbreaking. But here's, here's the thing. If, if you're 94, you could, as a screenwriter, as a director, say, I'm not really sure what virtual reality is. So what I'm going to do is not put it in my movie. Yeah. You, like, there's, no, there's no gun to your head that says, like, you better do what you think of VR right now. <laughs> but if there was, and that's the same year that there's VR Troopers, which uh-huh. was like the Power Rangers ripoff. Like, it was hot. Everybody had heard of it. But at this point, VR was just the TV screen in a headset very close to your eyes. There's nothing virtual. It was just like if you were like right a fucking millimeter away from your screen. But I guarantee you VR Troopers was more realistic than Disclosure. What they said was <laughs> that, uh, okay, so like once we're all online, that we don't have to have file cabinets anymore, right? Like it'll all be online. So what they thought online was you put goggles on and walk to <laughs> virtual file cabinets and then have to thumb through virtual files. Isn't that what Google Drive is, man? And this is to hide the entire fact that the whole movie was like, you know what, let's finally, even though there's been no sexual harassment movies about men on women, let's do it the reverse first. Let's make sure that everyone knows that women are out there Well, I mean, Disclosure is probably out there. You could pirate it. It's somewhere online. You can watch that. But if you want to watch Supergirl, it is on Sundays on The CW. Our next show is Legends of Tomorrow. (sighs) We can do this, dude. We can do this. This week on Legends of Tomorrow. The legends continue their hunt for pieces of the loom of fate while simultaneously having split belated bachelor and bachelorette parties. Nor in the book club, a classic affair on the wave rider and a strip with a stripper and rain everybody else in William Shakespeare's time. Taste buds. I ask you this. How did legends balance their own inherent goofiness and the heart in Ray and Nora's send off? I mean, wow. I, I don't, I don't even know where to start here. Uh, nobody brings the absurdity, the wackiness that I need on a weekly basis more than legends, but is it true, Mike, that nobody uh, uh, brings the heart as well? I Are they the so. best at both? I, you watched this before me and texted me. You're like, all I want to do is weep and talk about it right now. And I was like, there's no way. And like halfway through the episode, I was like, okay, I mean, it's sad about that. And then there's a certain point where I cried for the last 25 <laughs> minutes of the show. <laughs> All right, uh, let me do my moment of the week real quick. Um, they're talking about how best friends to 
these two dudes are best friends in a way that is like almost more important than their relationships. And they don't say that, but they hint to it. And their examples are, um, he made me a playlist. Uh, he got us matching shirts. And within the last, like, I'm going to say 10 months of my life, <laughs> Mike has sent me a playlist and we have multiple matching shirts. Like our dressers are filled with shirts that both of us have. Uh, the most recent one was my uh, my Spider-Man, your Captain, Captain America. America shirt that has what are the three taglines to live your life by? Uh, it's like, <laughs> be gay, do crime, steal shit. Or something. Yeah. We both have that. And Mike was like, I want this shirt. But Ryan's going to get one too. <laughs> I can't just have one alone. Oh, well, that's Nate was so upset that because like, Nate is the last to know. Ray is a person doesn't want to tell Nate he's moving out. Uh, Nate's biggest gripe is he's like, yeah, we're adults. I get you're going to move out. He's like, it's our last adventure. It could have had the the playlist, the magic. Like he's so he could have blown it up, and he's like, instead, it's boring. You made it a boring everyday adventure instead of blowing it out. And so, just so everybody knows what these are, um, so Mike is sometimes nervous to say things to me that I need to hear because of he's so worried <laughs> about the tantrums I'm about to throw. Um, when I get upset, uh, I get upset in like very overreactive ways. But one of them is that I could have made things better, uh, and I'm going to let that override how sad I am that he is leaving. This has happened to us. Multiple times so in our lives. <laughs> so but many times. What it actually means is that, unfortunately, but fortunately, uh, Nora sort of gets the short shrift. And it's not about Ray and Nora leaving. It's about Ray and Nate being apart. And it reminded me of all the times where we have forgotten <laughs> the fact that we were married just so we could run to each other and cry. Well, it's Nora is a newer addition. And, uh-huh. and she's awesome. She's like, I thought we would stay on the ship. And I also thought, like, it's just because Damien Dark said you can't do this. It's weird that they're like... It's it really I and I am annoyed at the writers that because Brandon Routh and and his wife in real life Courtney Ford I believe uh, who plays Nora did not want to leave the show have they're come like, out multiple times and said like this is not our decision they made us leave they're like the story's done and it just shows oh you don't think you know how to write a married couple so Ava and Sarah can still do it like they're together longer than Nora and Ray but just there's so many Hollywood writers who're like marriage boring don't know how to do it let me tell you nope it gets weirder and dumber when you're married. So, uh, like, not giving enough time to Nora is unfortunate, but I get it. Uh, and then in the meantime, um, Ray runs away from a performance of Romeo and Juliet. I do not want to see this romantic thing uh, between this male and female. I just want to run to my best friend. And we get a Legends of Tomorrow style um, chase down at the airport uh-huh. between the, these two gentlemen. Them, Nate, Nate leaving Romeo and Juliet. Oh, I'm sorry, Nate interspersing his goodbye with Ray where they are both like crying and I am crying with Romeo and Juliet. I love that the, this show's just like <laughs> friendship love is real, man. And it hurts. Like it, it made like a clear line of Romeo and Juliet saying their goodbyes. And these two bros saying their goodbyes. It was magical before Mike, before you left where I live and you went to live somewhere else, uh, you swallowed an entire teddy bear and then it went all the way through your system and then came out your bottom and I was just holding it and smelling it this entire episode. You guys have a just weird friendship. I just got to say this. <laughs> a normal, typical friendship. Totally, totally typical. Totally normal. Uh, totally so, Ryan, you already typical. gave your moment of the week. But, Mike, do you have a moment? Yeah, I'm going to have a tie for three. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, oh, so I got a couple more. Their hug at the end is like, I didn't know I could weep harder than I already was. And then just did. Uh, and then because of the goofiness, I want to keep that when they are trying to intimidate Shakespeare to giving part of the loom back to them, they're all dressed like Queens guards and they are, they didn't 
talk about how they would all slam the table, but one of them does it, so the other one's like, that's a good idea. And it's just like four guys slamming the table harder and harder, <laughs> forgetting what their mission is now, just that they're trying to out It is that easy to distract guys. That's all you got to do. Uh, and then <laughs> one that was surprising was uh, everybody's saying different goodbyes to Ray, but Gideon does and sounds so sad, and the robot's <laughs> face has a single tear going down it in her hologram. And I'm just like, fuck, I didn't know they could get me with that. We, uh... We talked about each other so long during that segment that we can't even talk about the fact that when Shakespeare sees the legends, he understands something 500 years ahead of time and turns Romeo and Juliet into a superhero movie mm-hmm. instead of this. Uh, I've got one more moment of the week, and that's because this is Legends is good, but mostly Katie Lotz is good. And uh, there's a big lineup in the bathroom because the show's about like roommates and family and dealing with each other as much as it is like uh, helping time. And so they're all in the line, and somebody comes up with a mission, and she's like, I'm not dealing with MacGuffins at 7.30 in the morning, you know? <laughs> Katie Lotz is the only person on the ship who also watches the show. And <laughs> Well, if you want to watch Legends of Tomorrow, which you should be, it is on Tuesdays on The CW. Our next show is Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, more of Alice's dark past is uncovered when Cartwright shares a twisted story with Kate while Jacob goes searching for his wayward daughter. Mary and Luke follow a lead on Beth's killer. Taste buds, I ask you this. This week's episode is called Off With Her Head, based on the thing the Queen of Hearts kept screaming at Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Is that line a little harsh for a children's movie? Shouldn't you be like, no. bruise them on the arm or something? No. <laughs> Fully no. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm clearly on team, like, you know, you can kill children. So, like, I'm always going to go, like, off with her head. Go for it. Go full for it. But, like, mm-hmm. Ursula just wanted, like, oh, she can't talk anymore. Yeah. You're saying decapitation. We want the protagonist And you know what? That's what's wrong with movies, because that's what I started with. I think that was my downfall, is I watched The Little Mermaid. I saw her just take the voice, and I was like, you know what? This can go, this can go further off with her head. <laughs> you could have had more. Well, does it help, Cassie, that the original story, uh, uh, she drowns yeah, that helps on a bit. land? That helps a bit. She yeah, thank you, Mike. That does, that does like, help. So does that, I'm like, into that. I think every kid's story, it, like every good old kid's story is incredibly morbid in death. And it's just these fucking new snowflake parents who don't want to tell the kids about death. That's <laughs> okay. why you get your kid a puppy. Okay, hold this on. This will I happen know- to me, you, and grandma. But first it will happen to Puppy McPupface. <laughs> I know how tough you are because you own a machete and wear a pirate patch and like cut things into your legs. But Disney was supposed to do that thing where like they cut out the part where like Ursula wanted to watch her die on land. In the Disney movie, she just screams the entire time off with her head. She wants Alice's head in a basket, and then she's just going to put her feet up and laugh. Because Disney knew, fuck royalty, fuck being obsessed with the royal family. We need <laughs> it's to get so important. Off. If you want to watch a Disney movie, it's probably on Disney+. Plus. Go to that. If you want to watch Batwoman, it is on Sundays on The CW. Our next show is Lock and Key. On the sixth episode of Lock and Key, Mama knows that Joe's death was not a suicide, and she's going full detective mode to figure it out. Meanwhile, all the kids are dealing with fear in different ways, as no fear, no fucks given Kenzie is leading her friends down into a place called the Drowning Cave, and full of tear Tyler is sabotaging his relationship and pushing everyone away, and Bodhi's fear of Echo gets turned up a level as she threatens to put the death of his entire family on his tiny shoulders. That threat becomes very real after Sam Lesser, the kid that killed their dad, says fuck the system, burns down the prison, and heads straight to Key Manor. So Taste Buds, I ask you this... Oh shit, am I right? <laughs> you are 
Right. It's I thought Echo gave Sam the key to go anywhere, but obviously she still needs it. Mm-hmm. And now it's that key from that very first scene that apparently just causes fire, but the guy used it himself and it was epic. And he's just like drawing yeah. it like a little kid takes a crayon across the wall, uh-huh. letting yeah. that prison up. Uh, and then we have Echo who uh, goes back to Bodhi and says, you going to give me that it. key? And he's like, no. <laughs> She's like, fuck, I thought I, oh, I thought it was going to work that time. And then goes after the, uh, I don't know, second most valuable thing in the Locke family, which is uh, <laughs> Tyler's dick. Mm-hmm. Like, did they have sex in that truck? Well, I don't want to get my moment of the week too early, but <laughs> we will later. Uh, it's I don't know if they did, but it also shows why try to befriend and then instantly scare the eight-year-old when you could so easily seduce the 17-year-old. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Seduce the 17-year-old, like... With toys it, and candy. She the, no the seventeen year old. Oh, I see. Okay, Tyler. That she. It's so clear. She. He is the weak link because of how Echo looks. Well, that she could have made it like buddied up to him and gotten everything she wanted. I'm gonna guess that uh, most kids hand over the keys right away. So I think that's the easiest one. And then she met All Bodie right. Locke, okay. one of the All most right. important fictional characters in American literature history. Uh, and then when that was not going to work, then she, it was the next easiest thing, which is young balls. Always go yeah, for the go for the young seventeen-year-old young balls. And it it just happens to be that this guy is in the middle of imploding the one healthy relationship in his life. Super great uh, with Jane. Jane is fucking great, man. And Tyler's fucking this shit up because he thinks he's not good enough or they hurt her. When I was a kid, when I was Tyler's age, I I thought that was, this this was the coolest thing. Like I'm going to break up with you to save you. I like you. You can't be with me because I'm bad news, baby. And then uh, goes to a liquor store, sees Echo, and she is hot and like drinking and impressive. But then I think she does the one thing that would have got me. She says, <laughs> "My name is Dodge." And if I was fighting anything off, if she had said like, "My name is Jenny," and there's a little heart over the eye, I would have been like, "All right, have a good night." But Dodge, oh, you are so much cooler than me. <laughs> well, it's they first meet at the party. She goes to the party she knows he's at and is hitting on him to the point like the way she looks at him, the other water polo bros or whatever team Instantly. fucking sport they play, walk away. And they're just like, well, shit, we're not going to get the win. <laughs> She's so hot that they stop chanting water polo over and over and over again. <laughs> and then they rerun into each other because Jane shows up and it goes like, well, I don't want to deal with drama. Hopefully we see each other later. But it's her name is Echo Tabodi. Dodge to him, and it's because the truck they climb in is a Dodge. She is such a bad improviser that she just darts her eyes around. But I think it's a power play. My name is Truck. Wait, but she owns it so well. That's all you need. Uh, Speaking of like moments where like uh, like relationships are trying to form, there is so Kinsey is now almost in a love triangle with Little Lobster Boy because Lobster Boy is like wants to get with her. So he was like to the point where he was like, "Yeah, let's go to this drowning cave. I'm fine with this. This sounds super cool." It's a real reason that it's named this. And I just want to know, like, have you guys ever been that desperate to just, like, kiss a girl that you would go to a drowning cave? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. While fucking over one of your close friends? No, and not uh, also at the same time cheating. You know, like, we have to remember that, like, uh, for all intents and purposes, her and Scott are still together. Mm -hmm. And Gabe is a piece of shit. Gabe knows this, yes. I think that this is the episode that really... Like, hunker down on the fact mm-hmm. that, like, Tyler and Kinsey are shitheads. Like, they <laughs> are pieces of shit. And maybe that's because of their personality. Maybe that's because of the what's going on. But they suck. They're awful people. Um, Gabe is not someone to root for mm-hmm. in this time, but is capitalizing on it. Right. And Scott is just such film. a good boy. He just wants to and make we, good we, The fact that we got the scene of what films. he used the key for, and it was just that dragging scene in the forest, I was like, okay, great. I'm glad we got closure on this. I did want to know what that was yeah. for. 
I do like how I, the, I forget the name of their little crew, but they, they take all this, the Savini squad or whatever. They take it so seriously because they're like, you film scenes without <laughs> us instead of being like, Oh good. There's work we don't have to do. They were so upset to be yeah. cut out a little. I would love to work with people like them. Most people affiliated with pop filters. Like, uh, yes. Uh, I, I guess I missed you guys an episode. Can just say can my I name. It's fine. Please. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> Now, Cassie, you're the only person who makes us record more than we actually want to. And for some reason, <laughs> at the bottom of a thing called Death Well. I just need to make sure you guys do get well, in and Cassie, do the fucking work, okay? For a reason. Um, but I have, I found, I think I found my limit, you guys, on when I will feel bad for Bodhi. And apparently it's mental abuse. Because as soon as Echo was like, I, the, your family is all going to die and that's going to be because of you. I started to feel bad for him. Like murder him. It's fine. But as soon as you play a mental game with the kid, that's where I was like, you know what? Maybe he's okay. That's too far. Crossing the line. Cause yeah, <laughs> these are all things that you've said to the TV at him. But now that you hear someone else saying them, like that's oh, bad. Is that what I come up. Plus he has such a sweet endearing moment. He finds a new key thinks it opens this cupboard and he puts a, uh, a, a helmet on before he climbs he's a dumb in. Like, he's a dumb little kid and it's amazing. I really, I think this episode, the whole show, but this episode in particular is such a, like uh, a spotlight on siblings because there's no amount of crazy shit going on for uh, three siblings to not be able to say, you know what? Fuck you. I hate you. I'm, I'm dad's favorite. I'm mom's favorite. Like siblings will always pick their rivalries over even when there's a, Smoking hot ghost that is walking around trying to kill them and collect the keys of their family that will let them go into their brain. There was and that. Around there was the also the like moment where um, a good sibling moment yeah. was with Bodie when he was like, "I'm gonna protect Kinsey," and Kinsey was just like, "She was like, I gotta take these boxes up to the thing." He was like, "I'm I'm with you, like I'm protecting you no matter what." And she's like, "Oh, good, you'll carry these boxes then." And like that is such a perfect like sibling moment. Use him. <laughs> yeah, just using him. <laughs> using his protective feelings towards her is anybody in america let's just say the three of us and somebody anybody who's watching this week by week rooting for kinsey and gabe you know when i was a kid i remember watching like soap operas nighttime soap operas like not as and rooting for specific couples is any does anybody want this to happen i think because scott is such a good dude that no like Gabe is only a slime ball. I think people know there should be love triangles. It's so often it's pretty rare that it catches like in, in the hunger games, there's a clear winner. Like in, in uh, twilight, there's a clear winner. There's always like, and the, the writers dumb. think, Oh, I'm making this even. No, you're fucking not. Everybody wants one person to win. And it's always the same person. Is Gabe a slime ball because Scott was there first. It was Scott and Kinsey first, or is it something that he just has no matter what? He does have that rat face, but I, it's it's not first. Like K- Kinsey is a free person to decide what they want to do. My issue with Gabe is that he is capitalizing in theory a good friend of and yeah. And Kinsey's going through stuff, obviously. And I think we are capitalizing because he feels we are supposed to know that he is worse than Scott because like he even took back to the one episode with the music box that makes him control people. Like he's the one who took that further and everything. So like we do know that yes. he is a bad person for sure. Yeah, I think they're making it clear that Scott has his limits, his right and wrong, whereas Gabe will not even like he it's not even that he has his limits, but he's worse than Scott. It's that whatever I think Kinsey wants, I will say to her, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's almost this spineless thing that just like uh, and then hopefully she'll like me one day. That definitely was the moment of the week. But Ryan, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, My moment of the week is Kinsey's apology coming out of the cave. Uh, They're. They almost died. They're trying to catch their breath. 
Uh, and they still have the time to be like, Kinsey, what the you fuck? Saw- and she's like, I'm sorry. It's going to take a lot of sorries, Kinsey, to make them understand what the fuck you just put them through. Oh, man. And also, they lost all their equipment. If you're a 17-year-old film nerd, that equipment is your life, and it is gone now. <laughs> I bet they would have traded one of the crew, like that fat yes. guy. They would have taken the, the equipment over that kid. fair trade. And he would understand. Mike, He'd be like, yes, this moment- is the right way. Uh, I... I have a tie. Yes. A short one is uh, in Kinsey's room. There's a my mild romance poster, <laughs> and so I like w- what world they live in here. Uh, and then it is towards the end. Uh, Tyler and Dodge. Now uh, she says, "You want to get in?" And because they're swinging whiskey, he says, "You should be driving." Uh, are you sure you should be driving? And she says, "Who said anything about driving?" And his face uh. is the funniest fucking thing in the world. I've seen another show with that actor, and in that other show, he was eyes everywhere, can't make eye contact, like sort of twitchy. Mm-hmm. Do you guys like him as an actor? Like n- now knowing that he does this thing in both of those shows, is he good at his job, or is he a little too o- all over the place? I think maybe he's taken a little too Ryan Gosling uh, school of acting without the talent there yet. But uh, yeah, I- I'm enjoying him. I- every time he makes a weird decision, I understand why. Mm-hmm. Like the going to the party, like he he does a lot with his. Face. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking take him yeah, or leave him. I'm fine with him right now. <laughs> Uh, my moment of the week, speaking of that party, my moment is the invite that gets sent out for that rager because it's just a photo sent to his phone and it says day rager, pour one out for Joe. That is so funny. And so like, that is a hundred percent what the like high school would go around. And it's just a kid picture like with standing there with a keg and just like day rager, pour one out. The part that I don't believe is that he got that specifically sent to his phone number. Would that have happened? Or would it just be like put on Instagram? Are they texting that picture to yeah, every right. phone number? Thing. It's like It'd that Riverdale friend, where Cheryl right? just ha- no can way. text the whole school at any point. Like you, There's certain chains that are allowed. Party invites and drama. It's just a school, <laughs> school thread. <laughs> they understand. AT&T makes an exception for the cap of threads for those two things. Also, for the, Typing in. For the sake of the script, I don't want to see the going on of how you get people to a party in the middle of an episode. I would love that. Just a C plot. <laughs> also, then I would know how to do it, so I'd appreciate that. I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, you guys. Lock and Key is on yeah. Netflix. Where's the play-by-play? You can watch it whenever. And that is the entirety of the pool list. We've done it. We've gone through all the shows this week. So, Mike, can you tell me about some websites? Thanks. I would love to, Cassie. I would love the audience to go to yourpopfilter.com to find everything we do there. Throw a little slash Amazon at the end of that. This is how you shop. Look, you're stuck like we are. Amazon might have toilet paper again someday. You're going to buy it from them anyway. Why don't you help us out while you're wiping your own butt? And then to help us out directly, but not help yourself at all, except for the sweet, sweet content we put out, patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. Pick a tier. We'll give you extra content. Do you guys ever find uh, wiping your butt so boring that you try to multitask and do something while wiping your butt? I am so glad we are quarantined right now. I don't ever want to touch you guys again. Uh, Ryan, if people want to subscribe to the show and rate it, how can they do that? Yeah, make sure that like uh, Apple Podcasts is the best way to do that. Find the show, subscribe to it, leave a review, rate it. That helps us out so much while you're there. <laughs> Hello. Uh, search for the OCD. Mm-hmm. Do that same thing. That's with me and Mike and Cassie wishes. Go to uh, Movie of the Year. That's with me, Mike, and a guy named Greg, who's like Cassie if she was worse. And then, of course, The Unnatural 20s, where it's just Cassie and if me and Mike uh, <laughs> changed into better, smarter Younger. people. Younger. Rate, rate, and review. Mike, Please leave five stars. Media? Please leave a review. It helps us out so much. 
Yeah, we do. At Your Pop Filter hey. on Twitter and Instagram at Unnatural Twenties on Instagram, Twitter. Ryan, and if people want to tell us how great Pepper is, uh, yeah, how could they the reach ones. us in another form? Uh, there's a couple of ways. One, contact at yourpotfilter.com is Please. an email address that we have. Uh, title it. <laughs> oh, Pepper, we will. We will. I guess. And Please then do. we'll read it. I'm I trying guess. to make friends. I'm going to forward all of those. And uh, next week, you guys, we are. Yeah. I, the first time I'm reading this, we are watching Stumptown. All right. Okay. Oh. So let me just say this real quick. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a couple of days ago, Detective Pikachu's episode of Movie of the Year came out. And while I was watching it, I was able to text Cassie, and she filled me in on some of the stuff I didn't know about Pokemon. Please do that with me this week while you're watching. Okay? Let me fill you in on Stumptown, because I've been saying for weeks now that this is awesome. And if you guys come in <laughs> after the finale and say that it's bad... I, I mean, you don't want to know that chump. answer. Do you want me to look like a chump? Kind a of. chump? <laughs> I am only going to answer Perfect. your questions with answers well, about Pokemon. Uh, tune in next week for that. You guys, it's going to be great. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Greg. For Greg, I'm Taylor. And for me, I am me. Bye.